0: إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا ما يهده الله فلا مضل له فلا هادي له وأشهد أن الله وحده لا شريك لا وَرَسُولُهُ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ بعد, we continue with the explanation of the 40 hadith of Imam and nawawi rahimahullah ta'ala we arrive to Al-Hadith Al-Khamis. We arrive to the fifth hadith. An-Umm al-Mu'mineen, Umm al-Abdillah, A'ishata radiallahu anha, Qalat, Qala Rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Man ahdatha fi amrina hadha, ما ليس منه من أحدث في أمرنا هذا ما ليس منه فهو رد رواه البخاري ومسلم وفي رواية لمسلم من عمل عَمَلًا ليس عليه أمرنا فهو رد this narration is on the authority of the mother of the believers, the mother of Abdullah, Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her. She stated that the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, said, "Whoever introduces into this affair of ours that which is not from it, it is rejected." This narration is in the Sahih of Imam Al-Bukhari and the Sahih of Imam Muslim. And in another narration, in the Sahih of Imam Muslim, whoever does an action that does not have our affair over it, it is rejected. This narration has come on Um Al-Muminin, Um Abdullah Aisha radiAllahu Anha, and she is the mother of the believers because she is one of the wives of the Prophet sallallahu and this title, mother of the believers. It is a title that is for the wives of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu Alaihi wa And without a doubt, they have a special status. And from that, is that these are the best of the women, being that they had the best husband, the Prophet sallallahu and these women, barakallahu اللَّهُ فيكم, They are chaste women. And none of them were evil. Because if one was to say that one of the wives of the Prophet wasallam was evil, then this is an indirect attack upon the Prophet Muhammad wasallam, Because evil women are for evil men. And this was the intent behind the great slander of Aisha radiAllahu anha that was started by the head of the hypocrites, and the intent was to attack the Prophet sallAllahu alaihi wasallam through his wife Aisha anha. Aisha anha she is Um Abdullah. That's her kunya although she had no children. And the scholars, they have mentioned that her kunya is after the name of her nephew. As she her sister, Asma, gave birth to a child, and his name was Abdullah ibn Az-Zubair. And she was the, I mean Aisha, she's the maternal aunt of Abdullah ibn az This is her sister's son. And some have mentioned that she was pregnant, but she lost a child. But that which is the strongest of the opinions is that her kunya is after her nephew, which shows that a woman or a man maybe without child and still have a kunya. Abu so and so, even though he has no children. Or um so and so even though she has no children. Aisha radiallahu anha she is a companion, the daughter of a companion. And her father is the great Abu Bakr radiallahu an. And she is considered the most knowledgeable woman in this ummah. As it relates to the deen, there was no woman who had more understanding and knowledge than Aisha radiallahu anha. And Aisha radiallahu anha, she is amongst the companions who have the most narrations on the Prophet sallallahu Aisha radiallahu anha, she was the most beloved of the wives to the Prophet sallallahu after Khadija. As the Prophet sallallahu was asked, men. أَحَبُّ النَّاسِ يَلَيْكَ قَالَ عَيْشَةَ قَيْلَ وَمِنَ الرِّجَالِ قَالَ أَبُوهَا وَكَمَا قَالَ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمِ It was said to the Prophet ﷺ, Who's the most beloved of the people to you? And he said, Aisha. And then it was said, And from amongst the men, He said, Her father. Aisha radiAllahu anha is the third wife of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He married her after after the death of Khadija, and after he married Sauda, and the marriage was consummated in Medina, not in Mecca. In any event, Aisha radiAllahu anha she narrates this narration which is one of the great foundations in the religion, and that is the judgment of the outward actions. The hadith of Ummah barakatab, al الْأَعْمَالِ niyat," That indeed actions are by the intentions, that's the judgment of that which is inward. This hadith of Aisha radiallahu anha that she narrates on the Prophet wasallam is the judgment for that which is outward. And those two narrations are considered the foundations of the deen. The hadith of Imam al-Khattab, the Prophet said, actions are based upon intentions, that's in relation to the sincerity of the individual. And the narration here of Aisha radiallahu anha, this is in relation to the action being in accordance to the sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wa sallam. Because in order for one's actions to be accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, one must meet two conditions. The first condition is ikhlas, sincerity. And the second condition is ittiba'ah. The following of the Prophet, following the Sunnah. And this is mentioned in the statement of Allah Azza أَحَدًا Therefore, whoever hopes with the meeting with his Lord, then let him work righteous actions. And let him not associate anyone in the worship of his Lord. The statement, let him work righteous actions, that's the etiba'. Righteous actions meaning actions that are in accordance to the teachings of the Prophet Muhammad. And let him not associate anyone in the worship of his Lord, then this is the sincerity. Also, we have the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal. And whoever submits his face to Allah, and he is a good doer, then he has grab hold to the firm handhold. Whoever submits his face to Allah, that's the sincerity. And he is a good doer, meaning he is one who follows the Prophet that's the itiba. Also in the statement of Allah وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مخلصين حنفا, To the end And they were not commanded That's the following of what's legislated And they were not commanded Except that they worship Allah alone sincerely and that's the ikhlas The people, as it relates to these two conditions, are divided into four categories. The first category those who perform acts of worship sincerely and correctly. Sincerely for the sake of Allah, and the act is Perform correctly Following the sunnah of the Prophet That's the first category of people The second category of people Those who perform the acts of worship Sincerely But is not done correctly The third category Those who perform the acts of worship correctly But they do not perform the acts of worship sincerely. And the last category, they have no sincerity, nor do they have any correctness. Out of these four categories of people, only the first category, their acts of ibadah is accepted, because they meet both conditions. As for the other three categories, then their actions are rejected, due to them not having sincerity, Performing the act or due to them performing the act incorrectly, although they have sincerity, or due to them being void of both matters. In the proof, the statement of Allah Azza Wajal In Al Hadith Al Al-Qudsi مَنْ عملا, عَمَلًا أَشْرَكَ فِيهِ غَيْرِ That whoever does an act of worship in which he associates other than me with me in that act of worship, I abandon him in his shirk. The act is abandoned. As for doing an act correctly, and not having sincerity, you also have the narration regarding the first three people to be judged on Yom the one who died in battle, the one who taught people and, and recited the Quran, and the one who used to give his wealth in sadaqah. All three of these individuals. Did acts that were legislated, striving to make La ilaha uppermost in outwardly. That's what it appeared to be. A person teaching the religion to the people, reciting the Quran. This is legislated. And giving sadaqah, helping the poor. This is legislated. So, although these individuals did acts that are legislated, they were void of sincerity. Because the one who fought in battle He was not fighting for the sake of Allah He was fighting to be called jari And he's uh, courageous And Allah says وَقَدْ قِيلَ And it was said Meaning he got his reward His reward was to be recognized That he is a brave man And the people recognized him as such And then he will be dragged on his face Into the hellfire Because he lacked sincerity and then the one who taught and recited the Quran he wanted to be known as an alim and as a qari one who recites one who has knowledge and it was said and then afterwards he would be dragged on his face into the hellfire because he did not have sincerity and the last individual he wanted to be known as being one who was generous So he spent his wealth On that which is legislated For one to spend the wealth on But his intentions were corrupted Because it was not done For the sake of Allah And the Prophet mentioned That these are the first To be judged On the day of judgment From this Ummah As for having sincerity but the act is not done correctly this is rejected, the proof is the hadith of the three men or the group of men who went to the family of the Prophet Wasallam and asked about his ibadah and when they were informed they looked at it as being something That was minute or small. And they said, Where are we from the Messenger of Allah? Allah has forgiven him for his past and his future sins, meaning that he doesn't have to do much because Allah has forgiven him already. So their understanding was we don't have that virtue of being forgiven. For our past and future sins, with surety. So we have to do more than what the Prophet did. Are they sincere or not? Huh? Stay sincere. Clearly, they're trying to get closer to Allah. So one, he said, Amma ana sa asum wa la uftir. One of them said, as for me, I'm going to fast every day of the year, and I'm not going to break my fast. Another he said, وَأَمَّا sa- 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 u- wa- la- The other one said, as for me, I'm going to pray at night, the entire night, and I'm not going to sleep at night. And the last one he said, وَأَمَّا la- la- at- t- al- The last one said, as for me, I'm not going to get married. Meaning by that he's going to dedicate his time to the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And he's not going to allow himself to be distracted by marriage He's going to focus on ibadah When this news reached the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said to them, هَلْ أَنْتُمُ الَّذِينَ قُلْتُمْ كَذَا Are you the ones who said such and such and such and such? And they acknowledged what they said. And then the Prophet ﷺ, he said, أَمَّا وَاللَّهِ أَمَّا أَنَا إِنِّي وَأَمَّا وَاللَّهِ إِنِّي by Allah, I have the most fear of Allah than all of you. And I have the most piety for Allah than all of you. The Prophet he said, after... Establishing that he has the most fear of Allah He has the most piety than all of them He said but still at the same time I fast some days And I break my fast on other days Meaning he doesn't fast the entire year The Prophet would fast some days And then some days he wouldn't fast The Prophet ﷺ say "I, I pray a portion of the night And I sleep a portion of the night Prophet didn't always pray the entire night. And then lastly, the Prophet said, And I marry woman. The Prophet was not like a a monk or a priest, where he turns away from that which is lawful, meaning marriage, and then just dedicate himself to worship. The prophets they married. So the Prophet was establishing that although I'm better than all of you and I fear Allah the most, I still do these things. So then he mentioned, therefore whoever desires other than my sunnah, other than my way, he's not for me. So the Prophet ﷺ here he was correcting these companions even though they were sincere they had sincerity we don't question their sincerity however having good intentions is not sufficient in order for the act to be accepted the act has to be done the way the prophet did it sallallahu alaihi wasallam and this is the lesson the prophet sallallahu was teaching these companions that along with Your sincerity and your desire to get closer to Allah, you have to follow my way. And this is how it is to be done. Not make up your own way with sincerity, not trying to do more than what I did, but just follow what I taught you to do. That's it. And that was a lesson not only for those companions, but for this entire Ummah. When you want to get closer to Allah, have sincerity, and then make sure you're following the way of the Prophet Wasallam. This deen is perfect. It is not a need for anyone to add anything to it, or to take anything away from it. As Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions, اليوم أكملت لكم دينكم عليكم ورضيت لكم إسلام دينة. Today, I have completed for you your religion and I perfected my favor upon you and I am pleased for you Islam as your way of life as your as your deen. Three things here. Number one, Allah Azza wa Jalla says that the deen is complete, our deen. The deen of Islam is a complete deen. Number two, it is perfect. As Allah says, and He perfected His favor upon us. In that, in that perfection, uh, or rather, the deen is a perfected ni'mah, a perfected favor upon us from Allah. This way of life is a blessing from Allah upon us, a perfected blessing upon us. And lastly this is the way of life that Allah has chosen for us to follow and adhere to. Nothing else. As Allah Azza wa Jalla mentions, inna ad-deen al-islam. Indeed, the deen that is accepted by Allah is Islam. And Allah Azza wa Jalla he mentions, wa man islam deenan min. Wa huwa fil-akhirati and whoever desires a deen, a religion, a way of life other than Al Islam, it will never be accepted from him. And then in the hereafter, he will be from amongst the losers. So these texts establish that it is not allowed for anyone, no matter who it may be, to add anything to this deen. To take anything away from this deen Because the deen is perfect The deen is complete And this is what Allah has chosen for us And what Allah has chosen for us is sufficient When someone adds something to the deen that's not from it That's not what Allah chose for us Because if it was something That Allah wanted us to do He would have legislated it so nobody is going to come after the death of the Prophet and say, we have a new prayer to make. And the Prophet didn't know about that prayer. But you know about the prayer? How? The Prophet of Allah, the one who received revelation from Allah, he don't know anything about this new prayer you about to tell us about. How can there be any good in it when the Prophet did not know about it? Or... The Prophet knew, but he kept it a secret. And we know that that's impossible. Because the Prophet Wasallam, during the farewell hajj, he said to, the, to the, the Sahaba, to the Muslims, you're going to be asked about me on the Day of Judgment. What are you going to say? Have I not conveyed the message to you? He said, you have conveyed the message. Have I not conveyed the message to you? You have conveyed the message. Have I not conveyed the message? You have conveyed the message. He pointed up to the heavens and said, Allahu mashhad." Oh Allah, bear witness I conveyed the message. He's asking Allah to bear witness that he conveyed the message to the people. He's not going to be saying this and he's a liar. The Prophet was known to be truthful. Even prior to him being a Prophet he was known to be a truthful man. Salallahu. So without a doubt, everything that Allah Azza wa wajal revealed to the Prophet to be conveyed, he conveyed it. He didn't keep any secrets or hide anything in his deen. And whoever says that the Prophet Muhammad has concealed something that Allah revealed to him to convey is a liar. Is a liar, as Aisha radiAllahu anha mentioned that whoever says that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam concealed something from this religion, then he is a liar. Another point, barakAllahu fikum, is a profound statement that we have from the Imam of Dar al-Hijrah. the Imam of Medina Imam Malik and as we know Imam Malik is one of the great scholars of this deen and he has a profound statement as it relates to the deen being complete and individuals adding to the deen that which Allah did not legislate. He stated, Man ahdata fihadihil umma Shaya lam yakun alayhi salafuha faqad zama anna rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi wasallam khanar ras khanar rasala. The Anna Allah ta'ala Yakun, Al Yoma Akmal to Lakundina Kum, et Mentuma Alekum Nimati, Wrode to Lakum Islam Medina. Famalam Yakun Yoma Eden Dina, Layakun Yoma Dina. Imam Malik Rahimahola Ta'ala, he stated, Whoever innovates something into this nation. Meaning, whoever comes with a new practice, or a new belief, or new... Whoever comes with something new in the religion, amongst this Ummah, which our predecessors were not upon. Meaning, the Prophet Wasallam, he didn't practice this, nor did the Sahaba. Then this individual has claimed... فَقَدْ زَعْمَ أَنَّ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وسلم خان الرس- خان الرسالة. Then this individual has claimed that the Messenger has betrayed the message that Allah gave to him. Now, although the person is not saying it verbally, but when someone adds something to the religion, then this is what it means. That the Prophet Wasallam he knew this but he didn't tell the people So now you're telling the people You see how evil it is To add something to the religion Or to try to take something away from the religion Because if you add something Or take something away You're saying that And it's called lisan al-hal It's as if you're saying The Prophet Wasallam knew that this matter Was supposed to be taught Or this matter was supposed to be removed But he didn't tell the people But now you're carrying uh, the burden of conveying this to the people so the Prophet then he betrayed the message then. and that's an evil statement for one to make rather it is apostasy for one to believe that the Prophet Muhammad betrayed the message that Allah gave to him to convey to the people so it's either one or two things either he knew and he didn't tell the people or he didn't know but you know, and both are evil. Because when the Prophet died, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, that was the end of the revelation. That was the end of the revelation. As one woman, when she heard of the news of the death of the Prophet sallallahu she cried and the people had said to her but we have Abu Bakr and Umar and Abu Bakr and Umar they asked her why are you crying? and she said because with the death of the Prophet the revelation is cut off now from the heavens and then Abu Bakr and Umar started to cry also so this was known that once the Prophet died that's it the Quran is finished and the Sunnah is complete, the Quran is complete, and, and, and there's no more revelation coming down from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There are no more prophets after the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So no one can come with anything new and say that this is from Allah. Where did you get it from? How did you get this from Allah and the Prophet didn't know about this and Abu Bakr didn't know and Umar didn't know and Uthman all of these great Muslims beginning with the greatest of the Muslims Prophet Muhammad sallallahu and then you look at the rightly guided khulafa none of them knew about this matter you come hundreds of years later and Allah told you but he didn't tell them and this is what you find some of the people of innovation Wanting the people to believe But how do they come and present this matter? They say that the shaykh had a dream And the Prophet came Sallallahu alayhi wa to the shaykh In the dream And taught them something We say that this is not possible they say, no, there's an authentic hadith. The Prophet wasallam said, whoever has seen me in the dream has indeed seen me, for the shaitan cannot take on my image. How do you respond to that shaykh? But how do you respond? If you, okay, you tell the person it's false, the person quotes the hadith from you. It says, the shaykh seen the Prophet in the dream. The Prophet said, shaitan cannot take on his fall. So that was the Prophet Muhammad wasallam. And the Prophet Muhammad taught the shaykh this new way to make dhikr How do you respond? Be patient. i give him a chance. I guess you're gonna be joining the circle, huh? <laughs> Yes No, the hadith is sahih Hadith is sahih Say that again The one who? But the shaykh is saying he's seen the Prophet He's teaching him something new, yes so he says, okay, why is Allah? i seen the Prophet. Because the Prophet Muhammad says, Shaitan can't take on his image. i seen the Prophet. No, he's seen the dream. He's seen the dream. Huh? He's seen the dream. Let's just say, for argument's sake, he's seen the dream. He's seen the dream, but he didn't see the Prophet. Yes. The Prophet says, "Shaitan cannot take on his image. But Shaitan can take on the image of someone else and pretend to be the Prophet. That's number one. And if you don't know the descriptions of the Prophet Muhammad wasallam, how do you know whether or not you've seen Prophet Muhammad wasallam? Many of the Muslims don't know the, the description of Prophet Muhammad wasallam from the text. You have some people who say they've seen Prophet Muhammad wasallam. he had no beard and he was in a suit and tie. Out <laughs> Prophet Muhammad came to me last night. In order for one to say that they seen the Prophet wasallam for sure, the person must know the description of the Prophet Muhammad wasallam. So yes, the hadith is authentic. The shaytan, Iblis cannot take on the image of the Prophet wasallam, but he can take on the image of other than the Prophet and then pretend to be the Prophet The second matter, the dreams of a human being who is not a prophet is not revelation. The dreams of the prophets are revelation. We have a portion, I believe the hadith was 46, of prophethood that remains with the people and that's a good dream or righteous dream. And that is that you see something good in your dream, and then it comes true. You see yourself making hajj in your dream, and then Allah blesses you after that to make hajj. But not every dream we have is like that. Another point, going back to the text, that the deen is complete. So it's impossible for... The Prophet ﷺ or oh Allah to send the Prophet to a person in the dream and then teach them something new after Allah says that he completed the religion and perfected it. Because what's completed and perfected by Allah, no one can make better. No one can add to it. And no one can take away from it. Another matter, the Prophet sallam said, That Allah will never unite this ummah upon misguidance Meaning, first and foremost, the sahaba The sahaba will never agree to something wrong How can it be possible for something to be the religion And it was unknown to the sahaba And they learned directly from the Prophet Wasallam. These are the companions of the Prophet Muhammad. They learnt directly from him. They were there when the revelation was coming down. Some of the Sahaba described how the Prophet would be sweating because the revelation would be so heavy upon him. But one companion was sitting next to him. He said the thigh of the Prophet became so heavy upon his thigh, he thought his leg was about to break from the heaviness and the weightiness of the revelation. So the Sahaba, they seen the Prophet ﷺ receiving the revelation, they were present. And none of them ever mention what the shaykh is mentioning that he's seen in his dream. So how can this be something correct? When Abdullah ibn Abbas, who is the interpreter of the Qur'an, When the renegades in the time of Ali ibn Abi Talib broke off, the khawarij, and they were gathering together in a place called Hurura. And they were getting themselves ready to rebel against Ali ibn Abi Talib. Abdullah ibn Abbas sought permission from Ali, who was the khalifa at the time. He said, let me go and speak to them before we battle with them. And Ali, he said, I'm, I'm afraid for you. I mean, because these people don't have no understanding of the religion. They may harm you. And he said, don't worry. I'm a person of good character. So they, he went. And when he got there, and they were... Some narrations mentioned there was about 6,000 of them. They were in the thousands. And when he got there, they, they were reciting the Quran. It's, it sounded like the humming of bees. And when he went amongst them, They started to criticize him because he had a nice uh, garment on. And he refuted them. The point that I'm making is that he said to them, and this is is the shahid, I come to you from the son-in-law and the cousin of the Messenger of Allah and from the companions. And none of us are with you. Look what he used as a proof from the beginning that they were upon misguidance. None of us are with you. Even though Ali and Muawiyah had a dispute and a disagreement, but none none of the two sides were with those individuals. Which was the clear indication that they were upon misguidance. When you can't find one companion doing what you're doing, or saying what you're saying in the deen, it is a problem. Because what Allah says, عنهم عنهم. And the first and foremost to accept Islam from the migrants, those who migrated from Mecca to Medina. And the Ansar, those who received the migrants and aided them and look, and those who follow them Allah is pleased with them and they are pleased with Allah so if you don't follow them, that means what? Allah is not pleased with you that's the opposite understanding if you don't follow those first Muslims Allah is not pleased with you, it's clear verse in Surah Tawbah Verse 100 Another proof And whoever opposes the messenger Meaning whoever opposes the sunnah For those people who like to say We don't have to follow the sunnah Okay Allah says whoever opposes the sunnah Meaning the messenger Whoever opposes the messenger Meaning the sunnah Because the messenger came with the sunnah Wa alaykum as As well as the Qur'an Whoever opposes the messenger After the guidance has been made clear to him Meaning after the proof is established upon the person The person knows better And then he goes the other way And look what Allah adds And he follows a way Other than the way of the believers Who are the believers at this time when the verse came down? The Sahaba, the companions. Allah could have just revealed the verse to be, Whoever opposes the Messenger, after guidance has been made clear to him, we will turn him to what he turned himself to, and burn him in hell with an evil abode. Khalas. The point is made. But Allah added, after mentioning opposing the Messenger, And he follows a way other than the way of the believers. The first believers are the companions. So first and foremost is talking about them. So if you follow a way other than the way of the companions, Allah threatens you. We will turn them to what he turned himself to, and then we will burn them in hell with an evil abode. The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم himself mentioned, "Sataftari, اَفْتَرَقَتِ عَلَى tain وَالْسَبْعِينَ فِرْقَةٍ النَّصَارَى عَلَى اثْنَتَيْنَ وَالْسَبْعِينَ فِرْقَةٍ هَذِهِ الْأُمَّ عَلَى ثَلَاثٍ وَالْسَبْعِينَ فِرْقَةٍ كُلُّهَا فِي إِلَّا وَاحِدَةً." قَيْلَ مَا هِيَ تَلْكَ الْفِرْقَ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ قَالَ مَنْ كَانَ عَلَى مَا أَنَا عَلَيْهِ الْيَوْمْ وَأَصْحَابِي وَكَمَا قَالَ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمَ The Prophet mentioned that the Yahood split into 71 groups and the Nasara split into 72 groups and this Ummah was split into 73 groups all of them in the Hellfire except for one It was said, which group is that O Messenger of Allah? He said, those who are upon what me and my companions are upon today. He didn't mention himself. He said, and the Sahaba. Another proof, Allah Azza wa Jal mentions, فَإِنْ آمَنُوا بِمِثْلِ مَا آمَنْتُمْ بِهِ فَقَدْ اِحْتَدَوْا Allah says to the people, Or to the Prophet and the Sahaba, if they the people believe like you, you was here as in the plural, not in the singular. Not so here Allah is not just talking about what the Prophet believed. If they the people believe in the likes of what you all believe in, meaning you O Muhammad and you, O companions of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Another proof: you have to believe the way they believed. so Allah says, and if they, the people, believe in the likes of that which you all believe in, then they'll be guided. So now, what's the opposite understanding? If you don't believe the way the Prophet believed and the way the Sahaba believed, then you are what? You're misguided. These are the proofs. Many, many, and we can go on and on about the proofs of following, not only the Prophet Wasallam, but following the Sahaba. Because in most cases, you're going to find that a Muslim says, he follows the Qur'an and he follows the Prophet Wasallam, But not everyone mentions that they follow the Sahaba. And that's very key. Because the Sahaba as a group, As a united group, they're infallible They will not make a mistake when they unite upon something As for when they differ Then we look to see who has the proof with them But for sure, the proof is with someone from amongst them It's not ever going to be a case Where the Sahaba differed and all of them were wrong And then now someone who comes after them is right Because the Prophet said that his Ummah Or Allah will never unite his Ummah upon misguidance So if all of the Sahaba are wrong, that means that they are united upon something that's what? Incorrect. So the truth is always present amongst the Sahaba. Even when they differ, someone from amongst them has the haqq. We just have to see who has the evidence. Who has the evidence. But the truth is not going to leave from them. So anyone who claims that he has seen a dream, and Allah said to him in the dream that he doesn't have to pray anymore. We know for a fact that was shaitan. Or Allah said that the person has done well, so now he's allowed to take on nine wives instead of four. We have people who make statements like this. Well, the Prophet Wasallam came to him in the dream and told him, Because he paid zakat for 20 years straight, he doesn't have to pay zakat on his wealth anymore. That's shaitan, iblis, iblis. Because no revelation is going to come to any one of us in a dream, changing the religion. The religion is complete, it's perfect. And you have to stick to that principle. Anytime someone tries to come to you, Give you something that the Prophet Muhammad did not know Or he did not do He did not teach And the Sahaba did not know it Did not do it it Did not teach it You go back to these foundations The religion being perfect The religion being complete And this is how you will save yourself From falling into the hands Of the people Who take advantage of the ignorant youth How do you think That as an example These terrorist organizations Are able to trick the Muslim youth By distorting the religion And bringing something in the religion That was unknown to Prophet Muhammad But if you hold on to the principles You can't get tricked like that Because you're going to keep going back to what Allah says And what the Prophet said And what the Sahaba said And what they did And what these individuals are doing, that wasn't known to Prophet Muhammad. That's a new matter these people are bringing into the religion and saying it's the religion. So these principles, these texts, are a means of protection for you, for the youth, our male youth and female youth. Because we have unfortunately in these day and times, people who don't want good. And people who take advantage of the ignorance of the Muslims So it's very important that we uh, Familiarize ourselves with these points And be firm upon them And don't waver No matter how beautiful a person's speech may sound If it's new, it's not you <laughs> Alright That's in the religion that is okay. And the matters of the dunya, alhamdulillah As long as it's not hurt harming you and people like to say, Oh, so everything is bid'ah. Oh, bid'ah is no good. Yes, in the deen, all oh, bid'ah is, is evil. The Prophet ﷺ said, wa wa And the most evil of the affairs are the newly invented matters in the religion. The Prophet was not talking about uh, technology, and advancement in medicine and like no, in the religion newly invented matters in the religion these are the worst of the affairs and every newly invented matter in the religion is innovation every innovation is going astray every going astray is in the fire there's no such thing as good innovation in the religion the dunya yes this is from good innovation microphone this is from the good innovation if we use it the correct way right it's from good innovation the lights, speakers, fans These things were not present in the time Of the Prophet Wasallam, But they're present now And alhamdulillah we allow to benefit from these things And use these things Air conditioners, driving cars, getting on the train Taking airplanes No one says in their right mind Oh, taking an airplane is bid'ah <laughs> And the only way for you to make hajj You have to get on a camel Like the Prophet No Who says that? one says this, come on now, let's not mix up the affairs, the prophet said in all innovation is misguided, meaning in the religion, because if we open up the door to start bringing new things into the religion, then we're going to lose the religion, we're going to lose it, and this is what happened to the previous nations, because they kept adding and adding and adding and adding and adding until the original message is lost. In totality or the majority of it So in the worldly affairs The technology The uh, advancements that we have in this era, in this age Is allowed to benefit from those things Because these are worldly matters As long as it's not being used to harm someone or harm yourself As long as it doesn't fall under the category of being something that is prohibited in Al-Islam If it's something that is good, and it's a benefit for yourself, a benefit for the Muslims, we can use it. We can benefit from it. But as for someone coming and saying that there is good innovation in the religion, then again, we say what Imam Malik says, that whoever introduces something into this nation, that its predecessors were not upon, then this person has claimed that the Messenger betrayed the trust. And Allah, he states, that this day I have completed for you your religion, I have perfected my favor upon you, and I am pleased for you Islam as your religion. Imam Malik went on to say, so whatever wasn't the religion on that day, it's not the religion today. That's very important, we have to remember this. Whatever wasn't the religion on that day, meaning whatever wasn't the religion in the time of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, is not the religion. You have to remember that. Someone is coming with something. Did the Prophet do this? Did the Prophet say this? Was this the understanding of the Prophet? If not, leave it. Same thing with the Sahaba. These these are the measuring stick or the tape that we use to measure statements, actions, and beliefs. Yes, ma'am. it depends it depends depends because sometimes individuals who bring things new into Islam they're not really Muslims to begin with they're pretending to be Muslims they're hypocrites like in the case of Abdullah ibn Sabah he was was from the Yehud from Yemen and he accepted Islam but his intent was to corrupt Islam from within he was the cause of Uthman being killed. Because he was going around saying things about Uthman under the under the banner of commanding the right and forbidding the wrong. But what he was doing was not something that was legislated. But but he's coming off that, he's commanding the right, he's speaking up for what's right and forbidding the wrong. And look what happened. The best Muslim at that time was killed unjustly, Uthman. He's the same one that started the fitna uh, with... Ali bin Abi Talib, after the death of the earth man. And he was the one who started telling the people that Ali was Allah. He wasn't really a Muslim. But look, he's bringing in things new into the religion. What's his intent? To corrupt the religion from within. Because if a person is not a Muslim and they bring in something to you religiously, you're going to be on guard. You're not going to take him. You're not, you're not from my religion. I'm not going to take religion from you. But someone who comes to you as a Muslim, and he has the outward look of piety, and he's reading Quran, you may let your guard down. So this is why you have to hold on to those principles always. And then you have some who are Muslims, who don't know no better, and then some who do know better. So Allah will deal with each one according to their situation. Yes. Allahu Alam. I haven't read anything from the scholars regarding that. Allah knows best. Salaam know. Yes, yes, sure. Let's stop. will stop at this point. Whatever is correct, the praise is for Allah Subhanahu wa Taala alone. Whatever is incorrect, it is from myself.